Jesus' teaching is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. He tackles tough issues head-on. Here's what Jesus says about how not to pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then the Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. Well, here we are. We're ready to, to get into the message this morning, and we are continuing on in the Sermon on the Mount. If you have your Bibles, take them, please, and turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be reading from verses 5 to 6 and then on to verses 16 to 18. Uh, last week, we learned of the hypocrisy of all humans, and Jesus uses as an example the Pharisees. The Pharisees loved the recognition of humans. They loved to be applauded for their spirituality. They loved it when people would pat them on the back or, or look at them in awe and wonder at these very spiritual people. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Pharisees and really all religious fakes, they're doing it to get the recognition of human beings. And Jesus reminds us that whenever we do anything to get the recognition of humans, then we lose out on the rewards that God wants to give us. And remember, we said last week that the word reward is in fact the word uh, wages in Greek. So God pays us, rewards us uh, for the hard work that we, that we do for his glory and honor. But it has to be for his glory and honor and not for our own. If it's all about us, if it's all about us being uh, recognized for, for the great things we're doing, then the Bible is clear that that is our reward. There is nothing else. So the question is this, do you want, do you want the rewards that humans give or do you want the rewards that God gives? And I think anybody who has even an ounce of any common sense would say, I want the rewards that God gives. Well, Jesus wants us to learn how to receive these rewards and these payments or wages from God. He wants us to know how to do that. But let me just quickly remind you of what a hypocrite is. The word hypocrite comes from the Greek word, which means actor. So a hypocrite is really an actor, somebody who's acting or playing a role. It That, that actor, uh, is, is playing a role that is not who the person is. He's pretending to be somebody that he's not. And this is the thing that, that Jesus is pointing out. 
And this is a problem that, that all of us have faced at one time or another. This is a wonderful thing about the Sermon on the Mount is that it really exposes us. And because we are all at times hypocrites, we all hate to be exposed. We don't like it. The truth annoys us. It, the Sermon on the Mount pokes us and it offends us and it disturbs us and it challenges us. But it's exactly what we need so that we understand how to please God, so that we understand how to walk with God and how to know the blessing of God. Now, I, I would like you to, to just take a look at this picture. It's a picture of a Pharisee um, praying and behind the Pharisee is a sinner. The sinner is feeling so overwhelmed by his sin, he doesn't dare go pray in public as the Pharisee does. He would rather keep his head down. He's hiding behind a pillar and he's trying to keep uh, out of the view of anybody and he doesn't want anybody to overhear him. So here's what, uh, here's what Jesus says. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And then down to verse 16, 17 and 18. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So the first thing I want to point out to you is that Jesus wants us to see that we should not be putting on a religious show. As Christians, that's not what we're doing. We are not putting on a religious show for the, for the sake of our family or friends or even for God. Jesus is calling us to a real sincere relationship with him where our desire, our longing is to connect with him and to know his blessing. The hypocrites, and well, you we could say this about all religious fakes, they were looking for the the approval and the praise of humans. So we saw last week, the Pharisees were giving alms to the poor and they were doing this, this so-called act of righteousness, uh, not for the sake of the poor, but for the sake of getting the praises of the people who watched them give to the poor. It's, it's disturbing, isn't it? And yet I think all of us at one time or another have been guilty of that very thing. So Jesus warns us against that. If you want to know God's provision in your life, Jesus says in that passage, you can take a look at it, Matthew 6 and 1 to 4. If you want to know God's provision in your life, then you give, not for your own glory, but rather for the glory of God, so that you cause people to praise your Father in heaven. Now today, Jesus is pointing out the, the religious show of the Pharisees who, when it comes to their prayer and fasting, they're doing it not so much to connect with the heart of God, although I think they probably are hoping to do that. But, but at the same time, 
they are also looking for the praise of human beings. Now, I've pastored for, uh, for 37 years, and I can tell you, in all that time, I've seen a lot. And I've discovered there's really two kinds of people. The first kind of people, they're humble, humble and godly men and women who want no recognition. Uh, they give faithfully, they share faithfully, they usually have a, a, a very good attitude. Uh, they don't, uh, they don't want the recognition of people. They only want to serve God. They want to maintain a faithful relationship with the Lord. And, uh, quite frankly, uh, they're the people that, that are there serving as unto God, not for the sake of people, but for God's sake. And I'm going to tell you, these are the people that I call the pillars of the church. There's, there's never, uh, never a moment when we're tangling with these people or trying to, to argue with them and trying to get them in line. They just, they just freely want to worship and serve the Lord and, uh, and do it to the very best of their ability, ability and for the glory of God. The other kind of people, well, these are the people that you would call hypocrites. These are the people that, that love recognition. Uh, they love to be on a platform. They love to be in the spotlight. They love to have a microphone in their hand. They, they love to tell people how spiritual they are and how wonderful they are. And quite often, these are the people who are very demonstrative in their worship. These people, uh, although they may have good hearts, are often the actors that Jesus is talking about. They're the hypocrites. And you say, well, that seems very harsh, Pastor. Why would you say that? And how do you know that? Well, because Jesus says very clearly that, that by people's fruit, you will know them. And these people are usually the people that have no spiritual fruit. There's, there's no fruit to speak of. They make a big splash, a big noise. They love to to be recognized by people, by people, they love to be on the front lines, but these are the people that you can't depend on. They're the ones that usually have a bad attitude. They're the ones that are quick to lecture everybody and tell everybody how to live their lives, but they don't really give any thought to how they're living. They see themselves as very spiritual and they see everybody else as lacking in spirituality and godliness. Um, these people are often rebellious. They, they won't serve and they're constantly criticizing. They're constantly looking for recognition. They don't give. And these people are, uh, well, they think that they're morally and even mentally superior to everybody else. These are the hypocrites. These are the people that are like the Pharisees. And these are the people that Jesus is condemning. So you and I need to learn how not to be like Pharisees because that is our human nature. By nature, that is our default setting. We really, every one of us thinks uh, very highly of him or herself. And I know that there's a lot of people who say, oh, Pastor, you don't know me. Um, I have low self-esteem. But whatever you have, whatever you think, the truth of the matter is, is that most of us, and, and we don't recognize that, that's why we need the Sermon on the Mount, which is a mirror that shows us who we are. We need this to show us what we're really all about. So Jesus teaches us how not to pray and fast, and then he teaches us how to pray and fast. So before I begin, let's be clear that Jesus wants us to pray and fast. In teaching us how not to pray and fast, he's not saying don't pray and fast. And we know he wants us to pray and fast because he begins each of these passages. And when you pray, 
pray like this. And when you fast, fast like this. So Christians, uh, by definition, are people who pray and fast. That's what we do. That's who we are. We're a people who constantly are seeking the face of God. We're people that want to go to the throne of God with our prayer requests, with our petitions. We're people that want to worship and connect with the heart of God. That's who we are. The problem is, with so many of us, is that we forget so often that it's unto God. It's not for the sake of other people so that other people will look at us and see how spiritual we are. Praying is anything that involves coming to God, connecting with God. It includes worship. It includes your prayer requests. It includes just those times of having a simple discussion with God. Prayer is fundamental to a relationship with God. This is why Samuel says to Saul, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Samuel saw a lack of prayer as sin. And so must we. If we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be solid, growing, maturing Christians, then we have to have that relationship, that daily walk with God, whereby uh, we are connecting with the Lord through prayer. And then, of course, fasting is a part of devout prayer. Fasting is a facet, if you will, of prayer. And fasting means that we're going without food so that we can focus on God, so that uh, we can hear the voice of God through his word. Uh, we can sense and know the impressions of the Holy Spirit as we are waiting on the Lord, not distracted by the things of this world, such as food. Um, do you know that prayer, uh, prayer and fasting is mentioned, particularly fasting is mentioned over 50 times in the scriptures. And so we understand that if we're going to be solid Christians and prayer and fasting is part of who we are and what we do. Now, I'm going to come back to prayer and fasting in just a moment. But first of all, I want you to see how Jesus describes what hypocrites do. Look at Matthew 6, verse 5. Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, proud of praying that says, look at me and listen to me is what Jesus is addressing. This is what God finds abhorrent. God will not hear these kinds of proud prayers. Let me give you a, a for instance. When I was a young man, I was invited to a prayer meeting with some older pastors and, uh, and some other young men like myself. And I, I remember so clearly the, the, the older pastor praying and he's quoting scripture and he's quoting poems in the middle of his prayer and, and uh, verses of great hymns and very flowery language, lots of these and lots of thous. And after he was done and, and while he's praying, I'm thinking, well, how on earth can I ever pray after that? I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to use King James language like thee and thou. And so I began to pray in my very uh, 
very faltering way at the time. I was nervous praying in front of an older, more mature and experienced pastor. And I could hear myself praying now. And, and I quickly realized I had stopped praying to God. And now I was praying for the sake of those who were around me listening to me. The prayer now became absolutely futile because it wasn't unto God anymore. I was too concerned about what I was praying. And to make things matters worse, after I was done praying, the older pastor started to pray again. But this time he was in his prayer correcting me and telling God that the things I had just prayed uh, were not correct and that, that, that what I really should have said was A, B, C, and D. I can't remember exactly what the, what the things were that I prayed wrong, but that pastor was so quick to make things right. Look at this is arrogant prayer. When we pray, we don't pray for the sake of other people. And we don't, we don't pray, uh, to try to impress God. God, as we're going to find out next week, is not impressed with a lot of babbling and showing off in prayer. God wants us to come very humbly and sincerely to Him with our prayer requests. And so I want to say that to you right now. Um, for some of us, we don't want to go to prayer meeting because we're afraid to pray out loud. We're afraid that we maybe can't pray right. I'm going to tell you, there is no right or wrong way of praying, except according to the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus says that humble prayer that's focused on God alone is the prayer that God finds acceptable. Um, there are those who, 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 who just feel that you know, I'm, I'm too humble, I'm too weak, I'm too frail, I, I can't pray. Can I just tell you something? That, that is an excuse. And by the way, it is also a form of pride. There's those like to show off in prayer, and there's those who feel like I'm, I'm not good enough to pray, and I'm not, uh, I don't know how to pray eloquently. That's pride too. It's the flip side of the same coin of pride. So here's what you and I need to do. You and I need to learn what it means to humbly pray to God in a way that pleases Him. A humble and sincere prayer is all that's needed. And so if you come to prayer, for instance, on Tuesday night, and I hope you do, I just want you to pray. And I want you to pray as unto God. And I want you to pray simply and sincerely and from your heart. And there's nothing that would bring more joy to my heart than to see you focused on God and forgetting about everybody. That's what I do. And, uh, you know, Tony Campolo, I used to really enjoy him uh, listening to him when I was younger. He was a pastor and, and a professor, and he ran for uh, office. Um, he talked about his uh, one of the first churches he was at, and he says uh, he prayed his prayer. And at the end of the service, an old lady was waiting for him at the door to shake his hand. And, uh, and as she shook his hand, she said, Pastor, do you know how many grammatical errors you made while you were praying? And Tony's answer, which is classic Tony, he said, no, I don't know. And anyways, lady, I wasn't talking to you. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. When you're praying, you're not, you're not praying to people. And just as Tony Campolo was not praying to the old lady who was catching his grammatical errors, I can tell you that God is not looking to correct your grammar. And I'm certainly not. When you come together to pray, your praying is unto the Lord for His glory and for His honor. So, um, I want you to see now what Jesus says 
about fasting and what the hypocrites do. Matthew 6, verse 16. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Do you know, um, Luke talks about, uh, in Luke chapter 18, verse 12, Jesus talks about how these Pharisees pray. The Pharisees used to pray twice a day, and they prayed um, on the second and the fifth days of the week. And they claimed that these days were the days in which Moses went back up to the, went up the mountain for the Ten Commandments. He went up the first time, and they went back a second time. You remember, he broke the tablets the first time. Well, because it's the second and the fifth day, the Pharisees say, this is the days that they are going to fast. Well, coincidentally, the second and the fifth day of the week were also the days when the markets were open and people from uh, the country and from the city, uh, merchants and uh, travelers and pilgrims and all sorts of people would come together on the second and the fifth days of the week to do their shopping. And it was a perfect day for the Pharisees to show off uh, about how spiritual they are, disfiguring their faces and looking like they were truly struggling for the sake of God. What hypocrites and actors. And I'm going to tell you, the second and the fifth days of the week were perfect to show off and to tell everybody how spiritual they were. Well, here's what you and I need to understand. When it comes to praying, when it comes to fasting, we do this for 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 God's sake, and we do it as unto Him. He's our only audience. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you are fasting and praying and trying to get the recognition of people, I know all kinds of people that love to brag, oh yeah, I spent hours and hours in prayer and I've spent uh, weeks in fasting. You know what, if you're fasting and praying, good for you, but keep your mouth shut about it. It's, it's none of my business. It's nobody else's business. That's between you and God. And if you want God to hear your prayer and reward you for your fasting and praying, which I think you would, why on earth would you tell anybody about it? This is what Jesus is saying. Let your praying and your fasting be done for the glory of God. And let me just say this. God wants to hear your prayers. Jesus makes that very clear in these verses. God wants to hear your prayers. God wants to answer your prayers. And God wants to reward you for your fasting. But you have to do it the way that Jesus prescribes. So let's quickly take a look at this. Jesus tells us how to pray. Matthew 6, verse 6. Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So the first thing that you understand is that private prayer is absolutely essential. If you're going to be one of these people that is going to pray out loud, out loud in public, uh, for instance, in a prayer meeting, then you first have to learn how to pray privately. You have to learn how to connect your heart with the heart of God so that when, you, when it does come time for you to pray publicly, it's humble. It's real. It's not written out. You don't need to write out your prayer. It comes from your heart. It comes from this ongoing relationship with God. That's really critical to understand that. If you, if you have a, an ongoing daily walk with God, then talking to God is as natural as can be. 
And you need to do that. And Jesus tells us that. Go shut the door in your own room and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So that's the first thing that you need to understand. But the second thing I want you to understand, and this is also very critical, is that prayer meetings are important. Now, it would it would seem that Jesus is saying, uh, don't, don't pray at a prayer meeting. That's not what he's saying at all, obviously. Uh, otherwise, the book of Acts is full of Christians making big, big errors because the, the early church was actually born in a prayer meeting. The, the, uh, the first believers were, were all meeting together in one accord on the day of Pentecost. They gathered together in that upper room and they, there they were meeting with the Lord. There they were praying. And I would, I would guess they were fasting as well. And it was there in that prayer meeting that God poured out his spirit and people were baptized with the Holy Spirit and the church was born. What you need to understand and the idea here is that, is that prayer and meeting with God is unto God. Now, the problem with so many Pentecostal churches now, and we're a Pentecostal church, in case you're wondering, is that so much of praise and worship and praying is, is now become uh, almost like a show. And I'm not going to be the one that's going to judge anybody. I'm not going to do that. But please understand this, that when it comes to the gathering of God's people to pray and to worship and to sing, there is and should be a sense of awe and holiness as all of us are focused on God and on God alone. There is no, there's no superstars in prayer meetings. There should be no superstars in church. It should, Jesus Christ should be the only one to whom we look and honor and praise. So that's critical that you understand that. And I want to just stress this again. You should forget about impressing people when it comes to prayer. I, I really want to impress that upon you. And if you've never been to a prayer meeting before, I really want to press you and, and plead with you to consider joining us for prayer on Tuesdays at 6.30. This was the mark of the early church. And I'm going to just say this. This is really important. Is it during that time of prayer, Great God used those times of prayer to do great things. The church spread throughout the world. It was an explosive growth and miracles took place because God's people prayed, because God's people were focused on him and on him alone. So what we do know is that prayer is for God and uh, it's not just a religious exercise. God wants us to pray. Jesus taught us that God wants us to pray. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. It's God's will. It's God's plan and purpose. And understand this. God wants to reward you for your efforts of prayer and fasting. Now, let me just read you another passage because now Jesus teaches us how to fast. Matthew 6, 17 to 18. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret 
will reward you. You know, I cannot imagine fasting, going without food for any length of time, just to get a pat on the back from someone. That is so not worth it for me. I mean, yikes, that is just craziness. If I'm fasting, which is hard to do, and if you've ever done that before, you know how difficult it is. If you're fasting, you want to make sure that you're doing it as unto the Lord and not for the recognition of people so that God will honor you and reward your effort. This is what we're talking about. And uh, uh, please understand this. The idea of fasting is that it is secret. It's between you and God. So Jesus is saying, don't be obvious about it. Keep yourself neat and tidy. Don't disfigure your face. Make sure that you wash up and clean yourself as usual. Uh, Jesus clearly tells us not to put on sackcloth and ashes, uh, not to make it look like we are suffering. But in fact, Jesus says, make it look like life is going on as usual. Because why? Because this is, we're talking about something that is internal and spiritual. And by the way, can I just tell you this? The difference between, between true spirituality and hypocrisy is the difference between what is external and what is internal. True spirituality is internal. Hip, a hypocritical religion is something that is external. Lots of, of props and lots of choreography and lots of this and, and bowing and, and scraping and genuflecting and, and so on and so forth. No, God has called us to have an inward spirituality. Why? Because it's about our relationship with God. Think about it for a moment. How would your wife feel, for instance, or how would your husband feel if the only time that you showed any love or infection is when other people are, were around? They would know very quickly you're doing it just to show off. No, the kind of love that God wants is a sincere and real love that is expressed in the secrecy of your inner chamber, the time alone with God. Now, in two weeks' time, we're going to actually learn how to pray. And Jesus teaches us that. We call it the Lord's Prayer. That's coming in two weeks. But for right now, uh, Jesus teaches us, first of all, how, how to pray and how not to pray. We're going to learn how, what to pray in two weeks, but right now we have to learn how not to pray and how to pray. So let's, let's close with this. Prayer and fasting is needed today, and I would say perhaps more than ever. We are in the midst of a COVID-19 attack and I mean, we thought it was back, bad back in March, and, and we know now by the, by the reports that are coming in that it is, it is worse than ever. But we don't have to be afraid. What we need to do, however, is we need to learn what it is to call on the Lord and to trust Him. And I'm going to just remind you that the early church was born in prayer. All the great things that God has done in history has happened because God's people were faithful in prayer and fasting. Wouldn't you say that if ever there's a time when we needed to pray and fast, it's right now. And I want to challenge you to do that. I, I want to commit myself to that. And I want to ask you to commit yourself to that, not for any self-glorification, but for the glory of God and for the sake of seeing God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. The needs are great around us right now. And the church is in a terrible state in North America, 
in the Western world. People have forgotten about God. And I think it's because we have traded in that internal secret relationship with God for something that is external and hypocritical. It's time for us to get back to God. And that's going to come through secret prayer and secret fasting. Well, never have we needed to pray and fast as much as we do today. Look what it says here in Matthew 6. And it's the last sentence of the, the two passages that I read to you. Matthew 6, verse 6, and Matthew 6, verse 18. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Look, if you're going to pray and fast, um, you can tell people you're praying. But, but, but better to just, let's just keep it secret. Let's just, all of us, take time to pray and fast and to cry out to God. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus, in, in, this, in these two passages, promises us that we will receive our wages, our payment, our reward for our faithfulness in prayer and fasting. I still believe in the power of prayer and I definitely believe in the power of fasting and God will reward you for praying and fasting as long as it's unto God and it's secret. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for teaching us how to please you and how to win your favor. Father, as we pray and fast, we pray in Jesus' name for grace to pray and fast in a way that pleases you. And we pray that for Christ's sake. Amen.